Shelly, happy Pride. Happy Pride to y'all. <laughs> it's, it's Pride Month, and, you know, uh, Pride is so unique. It's so special to uh, especially members of the LGBTQ community. While the rest of the world is paying attention to the LGBTQ community, what does Pride mean to you? Oh, gosh, you know, that's a great question. I, before I came out, I asked a, a girlfriend of mine. Um, we, we were newly friends, and, and I was so – she lived in New York at the time, and I, it's where I live now. But I was just so taken with people who lived out, like who were out and, you know, had been uh, open and authentic about their lives. And I asked her, I said, are you proud of being gay? And she said, hmm. She said, I don't know if I'm proud of being gay, but I'm really so proud that I live my life authentically. And that really that really moved me. And I think since I've been out, that's kind of how I I feel. I mean, I'm I'm proud about all the parts of me. I'm proud that I grew up on a farm and that I had a paper route when I was a kid and proud that I'm, you know, um, I show up to meetings on time and start my shows on time. I'm proud of a lot of things about myself, but um, pride for me is being proud to live authentically. You, you've said that uh, you knew you were gay when you were eight, and there many years between that and when you came out publicly. Can you take us through some of that, for lack of a better term, that journey as to what it meant to you as far as coming to terms with it yourself, or was it a, an easy coming to terms? I know there were some religious uh, uh, objections internally that you had to come through. How did that, when you were eight, yeah. how did you know at eight? Um, John, I, 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 it was, I was in third grade, so, and I was, I'm an older kid in my class, so I was, I believe I was nine, but uh, eight or nine, that's still, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people say, well, you can't know something like that at that age. Um, but, but I, I can, and many of our peers, of course, have, and, and it's, it's not a, it's about who you want to get a Valentine's Day card from in third grade. You know, it's about who you hope to stand in line next to on the way out to recess. Um, I just knew that that's who I was. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't sexualized. It was just about, you know, who would, who do I find more interesting to to play with or play Scrabble with or watch a movie? And, and I, I knew that that's who I was, and I knew that was a big problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Kansas, and there really were ch- churches on a lot of the corners. And, um, and I went to a lot of those churches and sat in the pews on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and sometimes Wednesday night as well. And every message or communication that I understood about people like that was that, you know, that they're made from, you know, they're, they're going to hell, they're evil, they're perverted, and they're certainly not going to have an everlasting life that, that a, a, a Christian person hopes to have. So I was raised Christian, and the stuff was ingrained in me, and and it was terrifying. Um, so I began, you know, doing what so many young people of faith or raised in a faith community do. I began to pray that God would fix me. I was very earnest in my prayer, very dedicated in my prayer, would pray the exact same prayer every day of my life, several times a day. And then when I became, you know, in my mid to late teens, 
it started to dawn on me that this God that I was being told that I needed to fear, that that was, it seemed like there were two different gods, although I, you know, I, the Christian faith says there's not. But there was this God I was supposed to fear, but then there was also this God that if I climbed a tree, that God was with me. If I sat down on a piano bench and hammered out a, a song out of nowhere, that God was next to me on on the piano bench. So I, I began to really kind of be torn about, hold on, I feel like God is my best friend, but also I'm supposed to be afraid of, of God. Um, and then I just kind of, I kind of had an understanding that God was saying, well, I know who you are, you dummy. I made you. I know exactly who you are. And, um, but I, but it still, I still had an awareness that I had to hide who I was. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, it's one of the reasons I'm really gl- glad I wrote my memoir. Uh, it's called Like Me, mm-hmm. um, because I was able to go into great detail about that, that journey of kind of, kind of moving my spiritual self along with, you know, my, my earthly self and, and kind of absorbing what the world had to say about people like me and, and, and at the same time absorbing uh, that relationship I had with God and understanding that, you know, I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Shelley, actually, I recommended your book yesterday during a talk in which a young person mm-hmm. uh, had just come out and one of the things that they were really saddened by was the separation of their church. Um, the church mm-hmm. condemned their orientation and said that, that they were not welcomed anymore. And this young person lives mm-hmm. in Texas. And so, you know, for me, uh, I'm not Christian. I didn't grow up Christian, so I didn't have to go through that uh, reconciliation with religion or Christianity, but um, the only thing that I could give her advice on were, were words from folks like you. Do you, do you, you know, when you look back at coming out in 2010, and I had read about uh, some of the negative impact that it had on you and your career uh, now in 2018, in seeing that, you know, something like your book and your words and coming out, uh, that those words could save someone's life. I mean, I don't know if you you ever thought about it that way. Well, um, th- first of all, thank you for recommending my book to that person, and I hope you know I hope I hear from that person at some point, and I hope you know that they'll survive and come out on the other end of um, of, of that kind of torment. Um, the 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 amount of abuse that um, LGBT people are taking in the in the faith communities. Um, it has gotten a little bit better, but it's 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 huge and it's painful and it's really damaging. Um, but to answer your question, do I ever think about the fact that maybe my story uh, saved someone's life? Um, you know, that's a big thing to say and that's a big thing to hear. Uh, and I don't want to I don't want to be flip about it, but I but yes. Mm-hmm. I do think about it. I did think about it before I came out. That was the whole point of my coming out. I mean, obviously, I came out for me first and foremost, so I could continue to live and not die in the many ways that I was dying. But, um, yeah, I mean, my my objective was if I can facilitate ease in, on, you know, in just one person's journey, that will, this will have been worth it. Um, and, and I, I hear it 
on a daily basis from people, frankly, still, ten, uh, eight years after I came out. And uh, it's a big deal to me. It, um, you know, I, I played at a church on Long Island two Fridays ago um, at the uh, Manhasset uh, Church there, uh, UCC. And, I'm, you know, I met with a lot of young people from a local GSA who said, I can't believe this show and our invitation to the show has happened within the walls of a church. This is incredible. And so we had folks like that at the show. And then also a, a, a gentleman who's 90 years old by the name of Art. Um, and he, I had spoken at this church back in the fall. And I do believe that he told me I was the first gay person he ever met in his life. Wow. And which is not, of course, it, that couldn't be true, but <laughs> that was true to him. Right. He didn't, he'd never known that anybody he met before was gay. And, you know, maybe they didn't feel safe to tell him, or maybe they knew he was a church going guy and felt like he might not hear it well. But he came back to my show. Like, I know that sharing one's personal journey is really powerful, and we all have a different way of telling our story, and we all have a different, you know, story to tell. But when we tell our stories in, you know, in earnest, um, I think it, you know, it has the power to change and hopefully save lives. Mm-hmm. When you were not out, uh, both as a young person and, and then as you got into your career, were there other were there people who you were inspired by or who you learned from who had come out before you and you started to think, okay, I can see how this works? Or did were you feeling very isolated and alone and all that? Well, I, uh, John, you're so sweet to not point out that I was old when I came out. I was 39 when I came out. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that, you know, by all measuring sticks, that's late in life to come out. Um, but at that time when I was in, in the closet during the, you know, those kind of zenith years of my career, when I was, you know, doing, uh, commercially a successful recording artist, traveling the world, doing, being on TV and the radio and, um, the internet hadn't really, uh, kind of emerged as the way that we find information and connect. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I also wouldn't have gone into a bookstore in Nashville, Tennessee, and bought a book about, you know, a gay person coming out. So I was isolated. I honestly swear to God had no idea how many gay people there were in America, not to mention the world. But I was, I was terrifically isolated. And But there were a few people who did come out um, that I noticed and saw and witnessed and you know, the day that Ellen DeGeneres came out on her TV show mm-hmm. um, on ABC, I happened to be back home in Kansas for a funeral, and I was at my dad's house. My dad and my sister and I were up, you know, watching TV. Everybody else had gone to bed, and Dad and Jenny and I were up, and that episode where Ellen came out came on the TV. And my dad, at the you know, at the point where she came out, my dad reached for the remote control and turned it off and said, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it just, it broke me. You know, it just, it, it terrified me. And, and I recall, I think Rosie O'Donnell came out before Ellen even. Yeah. And it one part inspired me and 
two parts made me mad. Like it really, it, it because it what it did was made me hold up a mirror to myself and reflect about. It was a reflection of my courage or lack of courage, and what I saw was that I didn't have courage. And um, and so so it was inspiring that when those people came out, but it also scared me. And it, in some ways, you know, that hearing that from my dad sent me a little further into the closet uh, for for a while. But but then, you know, you, I won't find a better ally for uh, for me now than my dad. So you know, life it it, it does change on a dime. Uh, ideas and ideology and perspective changes turns on a dime when you learn that it's your kid or when you learn that it's your neighbor or your boss or your colleague or your pastor that is, you know, uh, just has never had the courage to tell you, but they finally do. That's how hearts and minds get changed. And if I'm not digging too much into personal stuff, I mean, how did that go when you did tell your parents about this? Well, you can dig into my personal life all you want. Uh, That was my (laughs) commitment when I, um, when I decided to come out was I was, that's why I wrote my book uh, because I wanted to, you know, Tell the whole truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And 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 uh, so I did come out to my dad. I, again, I write about it in my book. I, I came out to my dad in 2005, so three years before I came out publicly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's my favorite chapter of my book. I, I talk about I was on the road and headed to a show uh, in a his hometown, El Dorado Springs, Missouri, and um, I was on the bus the night before. Didn't sleep a wink. Was up all night. But I knew I was going to tell my dad the next day that that I'm gay, and he came to my hotel room, and he, you know, it's a good time for us to sit and visit as I put on my hair and makeup, and and we've done it dozens and dozens of times over the course of my career. But when he got to my room, I, I just said, Dad, I started to cry and said, Dad, I have to tell you something, and I, I will never forget that his all the color drained out of his face. He said, What is it? Are you okay? And I said, Yeah, and I struggled to start talking I just was kind of crying and blowing my nose and what I remember watching him kind of reach behind him to feel for the bed so he could sit he said you're sick are you sick you have cancer you have cancer don't you and watching my dad kind of go through playing out the worst case scenario in his head was just awful it was awful and when I finally came out and said it his response was are you sure like are you sure? And I said, yeah, dad, I, I've been keeping this from you for a long time. And we talked for a couple of hours and he went from kind of shock to moments of anger that I had kept something so big from him for so long. And toward the end of the conversation, I, I said, dad, you, do you love me even though he grabbed me by the shoulders and kind of squared me toward him? He said, kid, do I love you even though I love you because, and that was, that was it. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> Shelly made me cry. I uh, am too. Yeah. I'm, wow. What I a beautiful story. Time. Thank I you mean, so it's, much. It's, it's, it's a really, you know, I can't stress enough how, how really powerful it is when you take that step and tell someone that, you know, that you, that you know, it's going to be a long talk, you know, it's going to be difficult. And even if they say, well, you know, God is against this, or the Bible speaks specifically about this, it, it changes something inside of a person. If there's a real love and affection to begin with, 
it starts the course of understanding and dialogue. And it may take 10 years to be accepted and celebrated. It may never happen in this earthly lifetime with that person. But I promise you, it changes something on a cellular cellular level mm-hmm. and spiritual level when you when you tell somebody something so important about who you are. Mm-hmm. I I would you know I you you talk about Ellen coming out, um, but you coming out a mega country star, uh, you kind of broke the the ice in in the in more and more discussions about even you know, the genre in country music and and lots of anti-LGBTQ sentiments. Now in 2018, you have artists like Casey Musgraves who, you know, say openly and publicly it's time for a country star, an openly gay country star. uh, star. And you actually even have, um, you you know, uh, straight country artists who have written uh, LGBTQ anthems. I don't know. I, I, are you... How do you feel about the changes, and do you think that the, the country music has changed and is more open to the LGBTQ community? Um, I have point of point of uh, uh, correction. I was never a megastar. Well, you <laughs> are to my <laughs> to say that. That's um, my our, our opinion I, at least. We're we're I'm well, a huge you. fan. I, that I mentioned that I was going to uh, speak to you, and there was a 16 year old who was freaking out. Like, yeah, you know, I'm crying because I can't believe you're going to be speaking to Shelley Wright. But, um, but go ahead, so go great. ahead. Well, in country music, there are superstars, and then there are those of us who have a couple of hit records. And I I was lucky to you know I was. I, I, I had some good years, uh, and it was, it was a great time. And, um, you know, but I, but I, and that's why I decided to use kind of that public platform that I had worked really hard to earn um, to tell my story. And, you know, when I came out in 2010 and marriage equality was only legal in, I don't know, four states. It wasn't even legal here in New York. I'd moved here in 2008. It wasn't even legal here at the right. time. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, a lot has changed in America in in the uh, past eight years. And so goes it in country music. I mean, although I think that change happens, you know, country music is known to be kind of a conservative, um, God-fearing, you know, patriotic um, kind of fan base. But change just happens whether you whether people want it or not and as america as the needle of of change has happened in america it just can't help but have happened in country music and and if i am any part of that uh, great that's it's what i wanted you know i wanted for there never to ever have to be a first commercial country artist out of the closet again uh, so there will never have no one will ever have to do that again to to you know go to kind of walk a, a path that had yet to be carved out um now there's a little bit of a a path although you know it's not it's not uh smooth and it's not easy and it's not well lit but it it is there I'm I'm a little worried that you've never seen the end of that Ellen episode. You do know she got a toaster oven or something at the end. <laughs> I, I think did, did oh, you ever get your toaster oven? <laughs> I did 
didn't. And you know, you're right. He switched off the TV and I never saw it. But this may explain why I think Ellen did put a toaster in my dressing room when I did her show. Are you serious? If I'm not mistaken, there was a a toaster with a bow on it. And and I think someone did explain to me that, that you get your... You get a toaster oven. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that is so, so awesome. Well, Shelly, we've... That's we've, what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, and you were thinking, do they expect me to cook? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's a reason I write songs. I <laughs> Speaking of writing songs, what's in store you know, for Shelly now and in the near future? What about some new music? I'm working on new music right now. In fact, Thank you for bringing it up. I have I'm tour, uh, I'm at the end of a pledge music campaign for my two new projects. Um, so go to pledge music and and look me up and you know just pre-order the record if you want or you can. Uh, there are a lot of different cool items you can get like a lunch with me or a Skype or handwritten lyrics. It's just it's so fun to to be reengaging with uh, fans of all kinds for these new projects. But I'm doing a holiday EP and a standard studio EP. So 10 new tracks. Um, it's, I, I'm listening to rough mixes today as, you know, as I work here from my apartment in New York City, and I am, I, I'm pretty stoked to bring you this new music. That's awesome. And, and, you, when, and when is that due out? Uh, the holiday record will be out this um, late fall, and I think mm-hmm. uh, the studio record will either be out at that same time or in January. We're working on the timing right now. Great. I'm at Pledge Music right now, and uh, I'm looking for the lunch. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Shelly, I, I mean, food. I promised your publicist that we would spend between 15 and 30, and we're right around spending uh, 30 minutes almost with you. Uh, I really want to wish you a happy pride. I'm excited about the new music project. We continue. We're playing your music on that TuneIn uh, channel, which is called Out Loud. It's an LGBTQ curated channel. And then, man, Happy Pride. Where are you going to be for Pride, or which prides are you celebrating? Uh, well, it's Pride all month long, and I, I am really, uh, you know, I want to say a couple things before we close, and, and this will speak really well to your question. What am I doing for Pride? Um, I know we've got a lot of people listening that have been out um, far longer than I. And when they came out, they they didn't get to go on the Oprah show and they didn't get to go sit down on Ellen's couch. And uh, there was no applause and many of them were kicked out of their congregations or lost their jobs or uh, co- different combinations of uh, ridicule and, and backlash. And I, on this Pride um, and on this program, uh, I... I really want to acknowledge specifically that um, they 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 carved a path that that all of us can walk on, and it we stand on their shoulders. And the work that I am lucky to get to do is, um, you know, to add a couple of building blocks in the foundation they've already uh, put down. And and for that, for their efforts and their sacrifice and their courage, uh, I'm grateful. And, and I was lucky last Monday to get uh, to be invited to speak at Stonewall, at the Stonewall Inn downtown, where, you know, many would argue that the LGBT uh, modern movement uh, began. Um, and I was really honored to, to get to give a speech there. And um, so that that's how I kicked off my pride. And then um, 
and then I'm just kind of celebrating with friends and family and, and, um, uh, you know, talking about coming out as much as I can and kind of connecting with young people and connecting with old people and, and allowing them and asking them and inviting them to remind us all of their journeys because it's, um, it, you know, there, there's a through line in all of it, whether it's a G, young GSA student, person like me, or a 70-year-old who came out in the 60s, um, there's a shared experience. And that's what Pride Month is about, is about, um, you know, celebrating our wins and recommitting ourselves so we can overcome uh, the deficit, deficits we still have in, in society about people like us and, um and again, to thank our straight allies, because pride is about our straight allies as well. That's so beautiful. We're going to end with that. Shelly, thank you so much again. And honestly, I mean, I said it yesterday, there are people like you and so many others, even before you, who have paved the way for today and the privileges that we have as LGBTQ people. And to be able to say we have privileges like, that's an amazing thing. So thank you. And I hope to have lunch with you in it New is. York. <laughs> Yay, bring it on. Bring it on. And thank you to both of you. And thank you to your engineer who got uh, got our sound working great today. That's awesome. Take care, Shelly. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.